All right, here we are. We're live. Episode 18 of the Lucas Grandsire Podcast. Very excited about our guest today. And I believe he's not sitting by himself, but it's, of course, former MMA fighter turned dog trainer, Carlos Correa. What's going on, sir? How are you? What's up, man? How are you, Lucas? I'm good, man. I saw I saw on Instagram, there's a comment like, oh, you're going to be bringing a special guest with you on the show. Who, who's this that you have with you? So right here, we got Bandit. Um, Bandit is actually... Uh, very cool, very interesting guy um, that I'm sure you would love to have on your podcast. Um, Alex uh, Perez, UFC flyweight. So, um, you know, just linked up with him and uh, we're going to be taking the pup back to Connecticut, working with them, training them. And um, we'll be back in Cali to uh, to deliver the, the dog when he's perfectly trained and ready for for his family. So, so who are you working with right now? Like I know you're also with Cheeto Vera and stuff like that. Like, you must be working with a, a couple of UFC fighters currently. Yeah. So right, right this second, uh, I'm out here because of Cheeto. So, you know, Cheeto's dog was living with me for, um, a little while, probably about like three or four weeks. And then we trained them. And once the dog's fully trained, we come out here and then it's time to, uh, to train the owners. I was joking around with, with Cheeto's coach, um, and we are just like, hey, the dog is trained. Now I just got to train Cheeto. And we uh, started laughing and stuff. Coach Perillo, um, I think he said something like, good luck. You know what I mean? But, like, just shooting the shit, like, having fun. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So I'm working with Cheeto right now. And then uh, Alex Perez got this pup um, not too long ago. And um, they're having a baby, and he was like, "Hey, man, like, I see your dog is good." So Cheeto gave him my info, and I don't get to go back to Connecticut empty-handed. So take a bandit with me. So well, what kind of dog does Cheeto Vera have? Because I imagine when you have a guy that that's that tough, that looks that intense, like, I think people would picture like a Doberman, something intimidating. What what kind of dog does he have? So not a Doberman, but but very uh, very fitting, like from the size to the build. To like to everything, like very fitting. So he's got like one of the original game bred pit bulls. Um, so, I mean, super nicely bred dog. Um, cool, cool, cool dogs. Excellent with his kids. I mean, the dog is awesome. So um, he's got a, a game bred pit. So, like the original American pit, uh, pit bull terrier. So, uh, very fitting because he's not very big. He's like pretty cut up, pretty shredded, shredded, like athletic. But then he's like so chill at the same time. So it's like it's kind of weird how it does actually uh, resemble Cheeto a lot because that's that's how Cheeto is. Very intense, very like, you know, anybody that's seen a fight know. But then he's like laid back, dude, like just wants to chill out, go surfing, hang out, spend time with his kids. So Dog actually fits him really, really well. Bandit, not so much, because Alex Perez is, like, lean. And like, and then we got Bandit right here, who's, like, full of wrinkles and everything. So, um, but he's a cool pup as well, man. I'm very excited. But we've gotten to work with, um, with a few. So it's been less than 12 months since I officially, like, reached out to anybody in the UFC and was like, hey, like, I'm a dog trainer. You have a dog. Let's link up. So it's been like 
I think the first person I reached out to was Anthony Smith. Um, for those that don't know, I mean, I think everybody knows in the MMA community, like when his house got broken into and stuff. Um, so I like, I was talking to my wife about like, cause we just bought a house, like kind of in the woods, like outside the city, a couple acres. We have some goats, chickens, rabbits and everything. And I was like, you know, like we should get like gun permits and everything. Cause we're kind of like out there. And if somebody breaks in, like, I mean, I could kind of fight, but if they got a gun, like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're screwed. Yeah. Right. We're screwed. So, and then literally like a couple of weeks later, so we did our course, um, started the process or whatever. Then like a couple of weeks later, news comes out that like Anthony Smith pretty much like fist fought this guy. Um, and I was like, whoa. And then like, it was just like crazy. I'm a big fan of Anthony Smith. So I reach out. Um, of course, I'm sure his, his like, uh, DMs were flooded. So like he didn't, he, I didn't hear back. So and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to reach out to his manager. And I reached out to his coach, uh, coach Danny, and then uh, Danny Molina. And I reached out to coach uh, Mark Montoya. And those guys put me in touch with Anthony. And I said, Anthony, have you ever thought about a personal protection dog for like when you travel and stuff? Um, they could stay home with your family. And he's like, yes, I've been thinking about this. And I was like, well, let me show you what I got. And uh, so we linked up and stuff. I flew out to Nebraska. And since then, he put me in touch with Macy Barber, Macy Barber, then Cheeto, and now Alex Perez. And then there's a few other uh, people that have reached out. Um, and, and it's just kind of snowballed since. So um, it was pretty cool because, you know, I still get to uh, get to do what I love with the dog training, but I still get to be around something I'm really passionate about, like MMA. So it's pretty dope. That's the crazy thing, right? Like how accessible these fighters are. Like you can send a DM and there's a good chance you get a response back. And, and in your case, like you, you see the result of that. Like it, it's crazy how like feasible it is. You know what I mean? Because people see you with an Anthony Smith. It's like, man, how does that happen? And it's like sometimes as simple as reaching out and then saying something. And in your case, right, right circumstance. And you were able to make things happen. Yeah, man. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like a, a kid from, so I'm from New England. I'm originally from Connecticut. That's where, um, where I did all my amateur fights, my pro fights and stuff. And uh, a guy that like, you know, I'm familiar with, um, I would say we're like acquaintances on the, on the local scene um, was just DMing me. It was like, dude, that's pretty dope. You're like, like with all these like famous UFC fighters. And then he goes, do they realize you're a savage yourself? And I was like, ah, come on. Like that's a hundred pounds ago, four years ago. And it's like, and he's like, so, how does it how does it feel to kind of tie both things together? And I was like, man, it's it's the same attitude. It's the same. These guys are no different. And like, what I was trying to relate to him that like, like, if you didn't know Cheeto was a UFC fighter, you'd be like, like, what's up, man? I'm like, no big deal. Macy, like, I'm actually like, I would consider Macy a friend now. She's uh, we've become like pretty close friends. Like, she knows my son, my wife. Uh, I met her parents, her brothers. So, um, so yeah, like it's, these guys are just normal people, Anthony, like Alex, these guys are just normal, chill, laid back people. So for me, it's like on a business side, when I reach out, I'm like, I take the same approach I did in MMA. Like, 
you just can't be denied. Like if you really want something, yeah. just go get it, man. Just so when at, when Anthony first didn't respond, I'm like, okay, cool. I went to his pictures. Who's in his corner? Coach Danny Molina. Cool. Like message him. Mark Montoya, message him. I was like, guys, I'm not trying to sell him anything. I want to show to, I want to show him what I have and um and and just see if he's interested. I have nothing to sell here. And then so we linked up, met his family, normal. So just gotta go and get it, I guess, you know. The thing with Anthony Smith, right? Like you always hear people they want to get a guard dog, but they don't they don't want to do any training or anything. It's just like I'm gonna get a German Shepherd and if somebody breaks in, he'll know what to do. And in reality, like the more you hear people talk about it, and they're like, nah, if you don't train him to do it, like he's gonna be hiding with you behind the couch. Like you you actually have to do something about it. So I think it it it's smart of you to step in too, because if he didn't realize that and he was fighting another meth head in his office and then the couch, the dog is behind the couch, you know what I mean? Then then you look silly because like, hold up, that the whole reason you're here is so that you're with me fighting this meth head that's in my kitchen. Literally. So um, that's like saying you're going to get a boyfriend so he can fist fight the crazy drunk guy who tries to hit on you. Like not everyone can yeah. fight, right? Yeah. Um, so not every dog. So most of the dogs, even the dogs that I raise and train for like personal protection and police dogs, they end up washing out. And these are dogs that were like bred for this, like generation after generation and the proper training, the proper, and even still, when push come to shove, these dogs won't fight for real. So I hear a lot of times like, oh, I got a German Shepherd so he can protect the family. And I say, you know, a thousand percent, like he will bark at intruders and 99% of the time, that'll be enough. In Anthony's case, if that guy didn't run away when he saw Anthony freaking Smith, like come out of it, like he ain't running away for a German Shepherd that's just sitting there barking. So you really need like a, it, it takes a special dog, and uh, and that's what that's what I showed him, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be working together soon. So, so what did Anthony Smith end up going with? I assume a German Shepherd, or was there another breed that sort of uh, tickled his fancy in this case? So I brought I brought out um, a demo dog that I had, Sam, um, and uh, I'm actually gonna post. I have a video that um, of Anthony interact. So. You were saying about, oh, thank God, Anthony, like I reached out to Anthony because like to inform him that not just any German Shepherd could do the job. Anthony's best friends, if you've seen some of the embeddeds and stuff like that with the local sheriff department um, in Nebraska. So like he's surrounded by like all canine guys. So uh, yeah. it wasn't like there's a lack of knowledge or, or, right, or right. So it was actually pretty cool for me to know that the dog that I brought up, because like as soon as I brought him out, he's like, dude, do you care if like head of whatever, whatever department, canine department comes out and this guy and that guy, whatever. So he brought out like a few guys and I was like, well, like, I think my dog is good. Let's see what they think. Right. And uh, every single one of them had like high praises about the dog. So it was kind of like a cool little pat on the back to myself because I was like, okay, well, these are real police canine guys out here and uh they all love the dog so um probably going to be given anthony a son of that dog that i showed him so we, we it's a belgian to, to answer your question there you go i was i was curious but i've heard i've heard good things about those dogs but i've also heard like if you have them as a pet then you know just go ahead and give them back where you came from because that's not what they're meant for yeah man you don't you don't 
most people, I don't want to say you don't, but like most people don't drive uh, a McLaren as a daily, you know what I mean? As a daily driver, you know what I mean? This, these aren't like, uh, and if you do, then, then you don't mind the the thousand dollar oil change. You know what I mean? Because it's just, you're at that, at that level. Malinois for a guy like Anthony, who, I mean, if you follow him on, on his story and stuff, he's like, you know, he's taken the 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 razor out for like, you know, on the dooms and stuff. He's running, he's hiking, he's like so it does fit his lifestyle. And professional fighter, I mean, you these guys are on the off camp, they're going three, four miles, like just cuz um on a random morning. So um, it fits his lifestyle, and I think it fits his like um, like handling skills. He's actually got pretty good handling skills for dogs. Like most, not everybody could just handle a dog. Anthony was actually naturally very good at like just taking a dog, and, and it's not about like dominating or leading the dog. It's it, it's like can you feel it? And he had a really good feel for it. So he'll be a good uh, personal protection handler one day when we get him his pup. So I mean, we're we're talking about the the protection instinct in dogs, and then obviously I've tied back to myself because that 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 is the best example I can use. But right now I have a five month old uh, Weimaraner, so you know if you know anything about the breed, like protection, it, not protection, but they're aloof with strangers. Like you know they'll be the first ones to try to jump through your door if there's someone. And his thing is, I guess his voice dropped, and now when he barks, if you don't see him, you're picturing like what is this a gigantic mastiff, and then you see this puppy barking at you. But he'll he's super intimidating when he does that, but. The other day, one of our cats was chasing him in the backyard. So it's kind of like, he, you know, he plays the part well, but then you put him in action, like it ain't going to happen. So it, it's crazy, like seeing once you actually put something in action like that, it's a completely different scenario. Yeah, man. And and you got to figure, so like, for, for example, like the breed has a ton to do with it. And within the breed, there's well-bred dogs and badly bred dogs. Um, and even the well-bred dogs don't have it in them. Like, like I can't stress that enough. So, but at the same time, like, so for example, you bring up a, a conversation that I just had with another trainer the other day, a lawyer hit me up and he says, I want a personal protection dog. And I said, uh, okay, well, tell me about why and stuff, whatever. So he's a really, really good friend of mine. Um, his son was like two-time world champion teen in Muay Thai, um, like, kid's a monster fighter like his daughter's like killing it and wrestling beating boys and jujitsu and all this stuff and i'm like you guys are okay like i mean like is there anything else we know about and then um and he's like man she goes for for runs a lot like to stay in shape and like when she leaves i don't want to be like hey like i want to come with you like she wants to go by herself but i want to want her to have a dog so it's sometimes as simple as in the conversation I had with them was like, listen, I'm going to sell you a good, healthy, happy puppy, German Shepherd. We're going to teach it a guard command because um, him being a lawyer, he understands the liability of it, too. It's not just get a personal protection dog and, and, and just like. That's it. Like you break into my house, you get bit. Oh, well, um, you have a weapon in, in this case, it's a weapon. It's a loaded gun. Um, you can deploy it or not, but you have to know that it's going to do some damage and, um, there's going to be repercussions. Anybody who thinks like, Oh, you just broke into my house. Um, like I was talking to a buddy, uh, actually 
Uh, the owner of Ruka, uh, the uh, the gym where Cheeto trains at. We were talking personal protection dogs and stuff. And he goes, well, if somebody breaks into my house and my dog bites them, can I get sued? And I said, absolutely. That's the craziest nonsense. But yes, you're going to get sued. Like, it's it's the craziest thing. Of course, I mean, you know, you get a good lawyer, you're going to win that battle. But like, you're going to get sued. Um which is insane. But going back to my friend, the lawyer, I said to him, listen, we're going to teach this dog a guard command, which your daughter can just tell it to bark at a random person, any person, whenever. And um, anybody that still pushes through that dog, like guarding was going to get you and your daughter. Anyways, they would have shot the dog. They would. So like, all you really need is a, like a guard command, like a barking command. 99% of the people are going to be deterred by that. And um, and he was like, good enough for me. So we're not going to actually teach it personal protection. And I was like, we can. We'll see when the dog gets older and stuff. But, like, all you really need is this, this, this guard. That's it. And to your point, somebody's trying to break into your window and they hear your dog. They don't know it's a wine runner. They don't know he's five months. Um, that should be enough. I forget what the college was, I want to say it was like Tufts University, which is like the number one vet school in the country, um, did a study and it was like 89% less likely to have your house broken into if you have a dog, any color, shape or size, like 89% less likely to get broken into. So I'll play my odds. I like those odds. Do, do you have like any particular breed? Like if someone asks you, like they, they need you for training and they're like, oh, this is the breed I have. You start sweating a little bit. Like, okay, like this one, this one's going to make me work for it. Because now, I mean, you know, the, the facts are some of them are easier than others. Others are going to be more difficult. Do you have that one where it's like, all right, here we go. Like, I, you know, I'm going to have to earn it on this one. Yeah. And as a, and as a former fighter, people are going to be like, come on, dude, really? A breed that I'm not, in love with i'll say that i've yet to meet a super 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 like awesome shih tzu like shih tzus man they're they're tough man like they don't like treats they don't like affection they just want to be left alone half of them are jerks the other half like is like tough to potty train so shih tzus i would say man it's like ugh. And, uh, and my little cousin, I gave her a Shih Tzu for her birthday when she lost her dog. Um, her dog passed away and she was sad and a few months had gone by. So I talked to the parents. I was like, listen, I want to buy her a puppy. And uh, I got her a Shih Tzu. I don't know why I did that, but I did. That's what she wanted. So we got yeah. her that. That, that that's the funny thing like people with fighters they always picture like everybody's got like a rottweiler or something like that like i talked to miles johns where he breeds golden doodles and he's like yeah everybody thinks i'm working with pit bulls and stuff and then yeah, i tell him golden doodles and you see sort of the question mark but it's like it, it doesn't have to always be as intimidating as the person himself dude so shout outs to him because he's actually got some really nice golden doodles um he probably doesn't know who i am but um i saw i think it was like an embedded or something so of course me being like MMA guy, dog guy. I'm like, that's, that's my man. Like, yeah. I'm gonna follow him or whatever. So, um, so I started watching like some of the stuff that he's doing, and um, I mean, it seems to have some really, really. I can't say I've ever like been hands on or whatever, 
And uh, I should probably reach out because I think he's in California now. Uh, I want to say he's in Texas because he's with Fortis, but you know, uh, with these guys. Yeah, you're right. yeah I, think, I believe it's Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it's somewhere nice and warm. Um, right. And uh, but yeah, he's got he's got some cool dogs. And um, props to him. I mean, guys like him, Cody Garbrandt. Um, Cody breeds the the bullies. Um, there's a couple of guys. There's a couple. Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson too. I, bu- I believe he's still doing it. Yeah. So I, I think he's got pit bulls, right? If I'm not mistaken. I want to say bullies. I think at one point people were giving him shit because he was like cropping their ears. So I guess everybody came after him for, for something like that. So now he's become more private about that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he works with French Bulldogs, stuff like that. Anthony Johnson had a big a big operation at one point. I, just, I don't know where he's at with that anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, listen. I'll speak for myself, but I can, but I think I speak for everybody else too. Um, if you're truly a dog guy, man, like it doesn't really ever stop. Like you'll, you'll cut it back and you'll slow it down. But like Cody will always have his bullies. Anthony will always have his dogs. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you can't go without dogs, man. If you're truly a dog guy or girl. For sure. Do, do you do any breeding at all? Because I mean, that's what it sounds like you're doing also with giving these people the, the, the puppies for their protection, or are you just strictly like training and you have like your own stuff going on? Yeah. So a few years ago I started, I said, you know, it takes like, like we talked about earlier, it takes a specific dog to kind of do the job. I said, well, why search everywhere for these dogs? Why not? I get to make the dog. And then there's that much like emotional attachment to it. And, um, and so, yeah, I started breeding German Shepherds and um, we just had our first litter of Belgian Malinois. And um, so, yeah, so now we're, we're actually breeding, raising, training, selling these dogs. Um, And we don't sell every dog to personal protection. We don't sell every dog to police. Some of them just go to like very active families. Um, but I always preach, like, get some training, obedience training, like get these dogs to listen. Because it's a, it's a high energy, high drive dog. So get them trained. But, yeah, so we breed shepherds and malinois as well. The, the high energy thing you mentioned is crazy. Obviously, with the dog I have, you know, it was originally meant for hunting. So it's high energy. Like there's good, you know, qualities like the fact they're so smart, like you can train them easier, but they're also smart enough. They figure stuff out, like how to get out of the crate. And, you know, they push the boundaries just because they can. So it's like, you know, it's crazy. You, you can use the drive for a good thing. But at the same time, you have to know, like, when to sort of pull back. It's like, OK, they're, they're a little bit more smart than, you know, I, I give them credit for. Yeah, like working breeds, for example, like yours. Yours is a is a working breed. No child ever gave himself the job of I'm just gonna go clean the entire house and stuff. Like if you don't give like a puppy a per that was bred for a purpose a job, they're gonna go give themselves a job. And I promise you, it's not gonna be keep the house nice and tight. You know what I mean? It's like. I hear a mouse behind the sheetrock wall and they're just going to like, like dig a hole in the wall, try to get the mouse. Um, Or if you have like a protection dog, I see the mailman is approaching the house and I'm just going to pounce at the window and destroy the wood trim. Like they're giving themselves these jobs because like you're not fulfilling the inner need. So they'll, they'll outsmart the owners most of the time. 
But the crazy thing too with the exercise, like everybody's always saying, like you know they need to go for long walks. I found with mine, it's only five months old, but walking does nothing. You might as well it's stretching because all you do is you bring him back and you get the zoomies for an hour. So it's like if he's not running, it's it's just crazy. Like you hear the theories and then you have one, you're like, hold up, like nah, I'm gonna have to adjust because that it's not as simple as people make it out to be. It's crazy, man. So like for a dog like yours, I mean these guys are like if you were if you were uh, uh, a hunter. And um, you were going to take them out. Think about this. Like, so what's an average walk? Like 30, 40 minutes? Yeah. Right. So if you're an avid hunter and your dog is pooped out after 30, 40 minutes, is that a good dog? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a real problem. So these guys are meant to go, like, go, 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 go. And um, physical stimulation is good, but mental stimulation, for example, like, so – I'll cover some stuff on here, but then I'll send you some more stuff on like PMs and stuff that you could do with your dog, like mental exercises, like puzzles. Like there's tons of puzzles you can, like even how you feed your dog, like you can take, say like a peanut butter cap. You take that, take a bunch of those and say you're going to feed your cub two, three dogs of food spread them out into all these caps and hide them all over the yard. Send your dog for a hunt. We're doing an, a yeah. podcast for an hour, two hours. You're out, your dog's outside hunting for his food. But like it has to use its nose. It has to use its brain. It has to think. It has to troubleshoot. And then comes back inside. And I was like, oh, I just had to go hunting rather than I was just out on the yard for an hour or two. So things like that. For sure. Uh, I want to talk about your work a little bit with Macy Barber, but for, you know, before we get into what you did specifically with her, I want to know what she's like outside of the cage because I'm pretty good at interviewing prospects and stuff. And Macy Barber is one that slipped through my fingers, so I haven't had a chance to talk to her. But what's she like outside of the octagon? Because I know people have pretty strong opinions about her, but uh, you know, it doesn't seem to me like she's you know as polarizing, I guess, as as people are making her out to be on social media. So, like I said earlier, I mean, now I would consider her a friend. So partial bias there, you know, disclaimer there. But, and um, I'll put you in touch with her. She's like the chillest person, dude. Like I told her, so obviously everybody knows about like her previous, I guess you could say, because it's kind of like dead by now. But her and Paige didn't like each other. They called, like she called Paige out a few times or whatever. And um so one of my buddies fought at Bellator, and um, so we're watching the fights and stuff. It's actually one of the guys that I was managing at the time, and um, Paige was there with uh, Austin. Austin had fought in the prelims and stuff too, and um, my buddy said, hey, can you take a picture of me and Paige? And, um, I mean, we were sitting like three seats, net, like there was like two empty seats and then my buddy and then myself. So I was like, yeah, I'll take the picture. So he goes up and he asks her for a picture and um, she pretty much just like, nah, like just very like, like I understand like her man just fought and they were kind of hanging out. Um, But she was very like, nah, hanging out with my man. Like, you know what I mean? Very like, so I was like, whoa. So knowing that, you know, and knowing that her and Macy had this like, like feud, beef i guess you can say or whatever the hell it was i remember the first time i get out to uh uh wisconsin where macy's at and i said okay cool so i'm boarding my plane and she messaged me and she goes hey 
just so you know, like, I'm not going to be here for the first three days. And I'm like, like, I'm flying to Wisconsin to train your right. dog. And I'm thinking, like, here we go. She's going to be a freaking diva. Like, just yeah. train my dogs and then, like, give them back to me when they're ready. And um, she didn't really, like, elaborate on what she was doing. She goes, is it a really good opportunity? Would you care? And, like, who the hell am I? Like, I'm like, no, of course. Go ahead. Like, you know. And um, so I get out there. And I'm, you know, her roommate hands me the dogs and stuff. And I'm starting to train them. And, like, you know, the first three or four days, like, I don't really need the person there anyways because there's a lot that I have to do with the dog. But I was just like, all right, typical diva. Here we go. And um, she gets back and, like, first conversation is like, hey, did you eat? Let's grab something to eat. Let's go. And I'm like, hmm, like, that's different. And then super cool, super chill, very laid back. Like, so, like, I think after, like, two days, I was like, all right. So I got to be honest. When you told me you were going to just be gone for the first three days, I was like, oh, here we go. But now Macy's like, like just a chill down to earth, like probably one of the most like normal of all the people that I've gotten to interact, like pro athletes and stuff. She's super chill, super laid back. So love the kid. She's awesome. Her fam, she comes from a really good family. I got to, um, to hang out with her mom, her dad and stuff. And the whole family is super cool. Her brother, Wyatt, who, signed a Bellator um, and Bellator had their bubble in Connecticut at Mohegan Sun, which is like 40 minutes from my house. I was like, Oh, when you, when Wyatt goes up to fight a Bellator, like just bring the dogs, hang out. We'll, you guys come over the house. We'll have some dinner. So very, um, I, I could say like, you know, we're, we're, she's like more than a client now. We're, we're actually friends and stuff. Super chill girl. And Wyatt's a funny freaking dude. Her little brother, Wyatt, he's hilarious, man. Like, he had me cracking up the entire time we were down there. Just little one-line zingers. Like, he's just like, he's the quiet kid in the back that doesn't say anything. But when he says something, it's just like zingers. I think that's the thing, right? Like, she's she has to promote herself when she does these interviews and stuff like that. And, and it's been working for a long time. It works until you lose. And then when you lose, it's like, people want to get back at you for it. But that's how you get up there. And I feel like... People have this image of her, like, oh, like she's talking all this crap. But it's like, if she if she didn't do it, like, maybe would she be as popular as she is now? If that makes sense. So that's why, like, what during, through these interviews or through people that I've talked to them, like, you want to get a chance to know, like, who are they really outside the cage when they're not trying to promote themselves? Yeah, that was uh that's that's always the 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 like I don't know what it's gonna be like when you get to work with some of these pro athletes, um, like. I was in my room. My uncle texts me. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I finished working with Cheeto's dog. I'm back in my room now. And he, like, he calls me. And first thing he says, like, how's Cheeto? <laughs> and, um, and it was like, it's like actually cool because I think everybody wonders, like, who all these people are outside of, like, who they really are, like, or who they really are outside of the fighter or, like, yeah. that when the cameras are shining. And um, I got to be honest, though, like, so in Macy's defense, like, I don't think she ever gets personal or, like, crosses that line. She'll just, like, she's like, hey, you're ranked higher. I think I could beat your ass. Let's get it. Um, so, I like, 
I don't mind that. Like as a as a when I was a fighter, I was very much like that. I was like, who's like for example, there's a there's a website that used to rank like the amateurs in New England. So when I was fighting, I was, my coach would be like, all right, cool. So there's a show this that way. I want this guy. I want that guy. It's nothing personal. It's just he's ranked above me, and I think I'm better than he is, and I'm just gonna go try to prove it. So I don't I don't see any. Like a like a like a a big issue with that. So yeah, I think the thing the thing with Cheeto is that he looks intense, right? Like just uh, I remember before even with like he was fighting Brad Pickett and I believe it was Pickett's retirement fight. Like Cheeto looks like an intense dude, like that guy that's not playing any games. Like if if he saw you like you know behind like behind the scenes, like he'd still be that guy that would get in your face. Like and especially the Sean O'Malley, I think that made his uh his aura even bigger, like and more intimidating, but. I assume for you, like you have that South American connection with him a little bit, right? Because he's from Ecuador and everything. Like you're able to, you know, if you had to, like you had that that you could always fall back on. So before you come out, like you started to think, like, all right, well, like I, I'm always going to be myself. Like I'm never going to fake something. And like I'm the kind of person that, like, if you don't like how I am, then then that's okay. You can go your way. I'll go my way. But like I'm not like I'll bend, but I'll never like change who i am so i was like all right cool but like i was thinking like what angle do i do i come in like when i first meet him i was like am i going to talk to him in spanish am i going to talk to him in english do i tell him i speak spanish do i like you know what i mean so it's like hey how are you and i was like hey by the way just so you know like i'm from venezuela i speak spanish if you prefer so and he's like bro whatever you want spanish english don't matter like he's just a laid-back dude like he's just laid back so and i'm very much like that so sometimes we'll be having conversations and it'll be like oh you know so when you grab your leash uh make sure you tell your dog uh to sit down like you know what i mean it'd be like it's like it'll be like spanglish mixed in so it's kind of cool it's kind of cool man i definitely know Uh, it's funny because you know you saw Sean O'Malley try to test that right like you got the Ecuador flag in his hair and it's like I don't know if that's the guy you want to try to see like what that intensity is all about like is Gio really like you know the the guy to he's do about that it. with yeah he's exactly. about it like I, I could see and I mean we we haven't experienced anything like this but I could like from getting to see him daily multiple times a day now for like over a week now I guarantee you fighter not fighter uh heavier weight lighter weight rank not rank it don't matter you cross them the wrong way or like you cross a certain line like i i would bet my entire business that if you cross a line like family or something like that with cheeto like you're getting hit on the spot like it's like you're getting hit so is he and he wants like i was talking to alex perez about this how like so because a guy that trains at Oyama that's good friends with Alex was in the corner of my last opponent. And he's like, Oh, there's a guy from Connecticut here. And I was like, Oh yeah, he cornered my opponent. Um, so we were talking about like different fights and like fighters and stuff like that. And, um, and how some guys, and he's like, dude, that's Cheeto. Some guys, they don't care if like the biggest payday for the easiest fight, like they're just like, Who's the toughest fucking dude? And like, give me him. Like, I want him. Not because of like publicity or marketing or the money. It's just like, 
I want the baddest fucking dude in the, in the division. And, and, and even Alex said, and Alex and Cheeto have been best friends or really close friends for a long, long time. So if Alex says it, must be true. And that's the same vibe I got. So I do have a personal question for you, just out of my own curiosity, because I was watching your interview with James Lynch. You were saying you came over to the United States from Venezuela at 14, if I'm getting that correct. So why why is your English? Like, you sound like an American, you know what I mean? Like, when you learn a language late, usually, like, you know, you'll you'll get an accent or something. That's just the way it is, right? Like, how why on earth do you sound like, you know, as good as you do? First of all, thank you, I guess. I mean, I, I, it's something that I don't even realize, but... I have heard it a few times, like people say, like, dude, but how come you don't have an accent? Um, and I think it comes, like, so one of my teachers in high school. So not only did I come here when I was 14, but for the first two years, I went to an ESL uh, school, um, English is second language school, really Spanish, like school in Spanish. Um, with a little bit of like, let's try to teach you guys English, but really... The system's a little bit flawed, and um, and it's kind of like, can we string these guys along, guys and girls along, so they can get their degree and like, kind of like, yeah. so the system's flawed in that sense. Um, but there was one teacher, uh, and I don't know if she'll be watching or not. Now, uh, now we're actually like friendly, uh, Miss Rotatory. She. Um, she said to me, hey, listen, like your English is pretty good. And all my friends, like, because I was always uh, into sports. So like I was a swimmer, a tennis player, soccer a little bit, martial arts. And so like all my friends spoke English, but I had like a super, super heavy accent. But like hanging out with these guys, like you have no choice. Like my sisters, they, they spoke with, they hung out with more like Spanish or Portuguese speaking people. I spoke. English, broken English to all my only English speaking friends. And Miss Rotatory kind of started to get the hang of it. She was like, she ran the ESL program in Naugatuck in Connecticut, where I went to school. And uh, and she was like, hey, Carlos, so like, listen, you know, by law, I can't kick you out of the program. But like, I have a feeling that like your English is better than your testing. I have a feeling you're testing bad on purpose because you're afraid to go out into regular classes. And I said, no, 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 no. My English is not good. Because when you get a test, like say in history class, like because the system's so flawed, you get to be like, oh, sorry, I don't speak English that well. You take it to your ESL class and they actually help you translate the question. And then like, you can look in your book and kind of find the answer. I was at that time where, yeah, of course. Of course. I was like, I'm not going to go to regular class. Like I'm a 16 year old dude, high school guy. You ask any 16 year old high school dude or girl, would you rather study or open a book during the test? They're going to tell you open the book during the test. right? So she told, she tricked me in telling me that, um, listen, by law, like if you're not comfortable, like, like poker face, I cannot kick you out of the program. She goes, but, it actually is affecting my review as a teacher. So, because people like it shows that we're not teaching you guys English. And this was in Naugatuck and uh, Naugatuck's ESL program is a lot better than, um, so I went to school in Georgia too, in Atlanta. And um, that was a total shit show. Um, in Naugatuck, they actually push you. And um, so I test, I think I got like a 99. And she goes, 
what the fuck out of here? It kicked me out of the program. And I was like, whoa, you said by law. She goes, I lied. Get out of here. And I was just like, whoa. But I owe it to her, though, because it it gave me the nudge that I needed. Some of my friends that were in that same school, in the same ESL program um, that I was, and we came to this country at the same time, their English is very broken now. So shout outs to, uh, to Miss Rotatory for that. It's crazy, right? Learning like even the accents and stuff like that. It's crazy how that works. Like some people got it, some people don't. Like look, look at me for example. I'm a bilingual myself, but if I if I'm talking like this, you don't hear it. So that's why I was kind of curious how how you learn. Cause it's like you know some people can pick it up in a way where they're bilingual and you'd have no idea, and others where you definitely hear the fact they're bilingual. But I feel like it's you know I mean it's a, it's a skill at the end of the day learning another language. I wanted to go into languages after like. So because I was so into sports in high school, I wanted to be a broadcaster. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll be like ESPN and Espanol and like, you know, find my niche and, and stuff like that. So in high school, instead of taking Spanish like most other people, just to get the GPA up, I took French. And um, so like I was always into languages and, and, and I picked it up pretty good. Um, and then, you know, one thing led after to another. One thing led to another, and ended up not going to college, not going into languages, and um, found my passion with the dogs and, and MMA. And here we are. It worked out for the best, but that was the plan originally. What's your first language? It's French. It's French, actually. That's why you oh, mentioned man. French. And it's like oh, that, that's my department right there. Yeah. So, so I won't. I won't say anything to you because it'll sound chopped up. Talk about three years of high school. 15 years ago. So, um, I mean, you, you say that, the same thing for me in Spanish. Cause I, I was, I was in France for college not too long ago. And, uh, you know, I had to take Spanish and yeah, I never taken Spanish in high school. You know, I took French, I cheated. Right. Kind of like you did with your ESL. Like, all right, I'm better than the teacher. I might as well collect my easy A. And I was so bad. Like the teacher, she was from Spain. And one day she took me aside. She's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't, like, I've never had a student so bad at Spanish. And it's like, you know, it's like, and you're bilingual. I know you can do it. And it's just, so it, it was just like, you know, it's a similar situation a little bit. Like the teacher is like, you are so frustrating. It's like, damn, sorry. Like I'm already bilingual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, what did, did you go to school for journalism? I don't mean to interview you or anything, but. No, hey, this, this, this is the podcast, the place. No, I went, I went for, for the super interesting world of marketing. That's why, like, you got business questions. Like, I'm your guy. You see, you see, we we plug each other's holes like that. So, huh? See, man. And I was speaking of business. I mean, to kind of segue from one thing to the next. Like, I was always like, I, I posted something on my Instagram the other day that, like, I was the kid who every year I would have like W twos in America. I don't know if you're familiar. It's like what you get at the end of the year to do your taxes and stuff. So I would have like four or five of those every single year because I couldn't keep a job. Um, I was miserable. I refused to just like settle. And, and so both of those things together, not being happy, refusing to settle and not knowing what you like to do equals you're going to bounce around. Um, so I got crapped on by my family quite a bit and family, friends, like I said on the video, my in-laws, my mom, like, dude, can you settle down? I can find a job. And um, I didn't until I found my passion, man, dogs and MMA. And um, 
even in, in MMA, when I was fighting, like I didn't have a manager. My coach kind of like booked all of our of our like fights and stuff. Um, and he always took like super care of us. Like he took really good. Like Coach Rob, um, Coach Sip, Rob. Um, he's a friend of mine, but he was my coach. Um, he always took really good care of us. But I always felt like, man, like we're not making a ton of money in MMA. Like why aren't these guys like making themselves money? Like my amateur debut, I made three grand, um, just went out, hustled, got sponsors, made shirts, sold them, sold like 150 shirts. Like, it, it, like just, I'm like, I'm oh and oh, and I just made three grand. Why are these guys pros fighting for six and six, 600 and 600. Um, so like, the business side of things was always like, man, like, what are you guys doing? And that's kind of how I fell into like managing a few fighters because it started with my best friend, Dan, um, badass fighter, but he fights at 45. He's actually fought as low as 35 before. Um, but if like a welterweight says like, I want to fight Dan, like he'd be like, sure, like let's do it. And I'm like, dude, that's up three weight classes for chump change why would you do that he goes why not so because of him i kind of got in like my foot into like the business side of mma and i started like how about this you show up you fight i'm gonna manage you i'm gonna dictate who you fight because you can't turn down a fight for the life of you and it's affecting your record like if you want to make it to the ufc like like you can't just fight up three weight classes um so with him and then uh a buddy of mine, Jesse, Jesse Kazakowski, we started working with him. And then he put me on to like a couple of other guys and stuff. And now I have like, like a pretty good roster of MMA fighters that I help manage. And it's not because like, I want to be like Ali Abdelaziz or anything like that. But um, it's, it's coaching these guys and, and, Showing them there's there's a business to it. It's not just the biggest, baddest guy that always makes it. So business in MMA is it's overlooked a lot, man. And I find that like they need somebody to kind of like guide them and help them through. And like there's no reason an O and O amateur guy makes three grand on sponsors and t-shirt sales. And pro guys are getting paid a thousand bucks to win their pro debut. So that's kind of how I, I got to work with some of these fighters because the business side of things, I'm like, come on, guys, like yeah. do something. Yeah. I mean, I, I relate a lot to what you're saying because, you know, you, I mean, you had this goal, right? Whether it was to be the fighter, whether, whether it is to be, you know, management, managing, obviously uh, with your, uh, working with your, your dogs like that. And it's like, but you got to do those side jobs, right. To make that dream happen of one day going full time. And I, I relate to that because I'm in that right now. I'm working for Amazon, you know, full time while trying to eventually hopefully cover MMA full-time. It's like you just, and you have people that look at you like, that's not the safe bet. It's like, yeah, but if you can pull it off though, and you do something you really enjoy every day, like you're doing, you know, that that's priceless. Dude. And it's, um, the, like, I don't want to say like I made it. Um, but like how much more can I ask from life is like, you know, especially when I, my wife's not here, my kid's not here and I'm just sitting in the bed. It gets lonely. It's not just, Ooh, I'm out in LA or in Cali. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm out here working. So like, sometimes you like, you know, you kind of kick back and you miss home a little bit. And 
for me, like my wheels start going and stuff and I start thinking and stuff. And I said, man, like, what more could I ask from life? Like I get to do my hobby. Cause I would do dog training. Like if money wasn't a thing and all my bills were paid and my kid's future was set and everything, like I would still do dog training. That's like my passion. But I get to do my hobby for a living, make a good living doing it. I get to kind of intermingle the MMA passion of like, you know, like when I was talking to Cheeto about some stuff, his wrestling coach was showing a move and I'm like, I'm training the dog and I'm just like this. I'm like, like, whoa. Like he goes, oh yeah, you know, if the guy goes for like the Uchimata, like you just pretty much like run the pipe with your leg. So it's like you're running a single with your leg. And I was like, like, and I was watching and the coach is like talking to him and like, and I never try to butt in like when these guys like are, are doing their thing or whatever, they're walking off the mat as they were doing it. And I was like, like staring. And like, I think the coach knew that I was staring and Cheeto knew that I was, cause I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Like I had never seen that done. And, um, so I, it just came out and I asked the coach, I was like, so you're kind of like running the pipe, like on a single, but with your leg. And he goes, that's exactly it. And then Cheeto goes, and the guy kind of like, the coach looked at me like, 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 yeah, like, but like, yeah. yeah. And Cheeto goes, nah, he fought a Bellator. He knows he, he trained for a long time. And the guy, oh shit. So then we started to talk like Bellator guys that he knew that I knew and stuff. So. It was, uh, it's pretty cool. It just came out. I would never, like, but I just came, I was like, so you're, like, running the pipe, like, with your leg. And it, it just, I couldn't help it. It just came out. But That's the thing about you is that you found kind of a niche a little bit, right? Because as a former MMA fighter yourself, and now you're training these guys' dogs, like, I feel like with MMA fighters, there's a certain respect for anyone that's competed, even if you never competed as a pro, right? It's like, you know what? This guy understands you know, the grind and the things that I'm doing, and especially you're managing too. It's like on top of it, you know, the industry. So I feel like that's such a big advantage for you that you're going to have that extra layer of respect on top of it, because you know, specifically what these guys are going through. Yeah. Man, and, and like, it feels like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago that I had to put a camp together. And, and, and uh, also I almost forgot. I want to give a big, big shout out. Sorry. I know you usually do it at the end, but I want to give a big shout out to perfecting athletes. Um, so if you have not gotten to meet them, Paulina is brilliant. Like the nutritionist, like she is brilliant. So if you can reach out to her, have her on, she is phenomenal. And the reason the segue to Paulina is, um, that's how I ended up getting in touch with, uh, Cheeto. So Paulina was, she did my nutrition for my, uh, Bellator fight and she's Cheeto's nutritionist. So she's like, hey, listen, so Cheeto asked me about a dog trainer. Like, you're the guy. Like, right. so it just, and it, and you talk about a niche like that, like it's 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 pretty cool how like it just kind of starts to um to come together. And um and yeah, I mean it, it's you know, I think if you're a good like my advice for you, like because you're you're in that beginning stage, not beginning stage, because I mean you're 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 doing making pretty big moves. Um, but where you're still having to supplement, I'll say that, um, income, not just with your passion, but with, with, with a job to pay bills is that like, 
just don't lose sight, man. Don't lose sight and, and don't be a good person. Cause like with Paulina, like I was forever grateful, like, you know, like, Oh, I sent fighters to them and stuff because I was like, no, you got to reach out to these people. They're the best. And so like without ever looking to cash in on a favor and um, you know, now they put me in touch with Cheeto and they put me in touch with Alex who then like, there's a couple of people that I've been talking to at team Oyama. We're going to be training their dogs too. So um, just be a good freaking person and, and just work your ass off, which you are doing. So, um, keep doing it. What What's the goal for your business? Are you looking to be like anytime an MMA fighter like has something with their dog, like you're the guy, like you be, you know, people always talk about celebrity trainer, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you looking to be the MMA guy specifically for dogs? Like someone mentions a dog. It's like, hold on, we have a, an MMA guy in the industry that's specifically there for that. It didn't start like that. Um, yeah. when I started, um, so the short answer is yes. Um, that is, that is the, the, like my angle, I guess. Um, but it didn't start like that. Cause when I first, first decided like, all right, I'm going to give dog training everything. Um, it was kind of a rough go. Cause like dog training was taken off, but like, I just fought a Bellator and I won and I talked to the people and they're like, dude, we'd love to have you back. Um, and I mean, not because I was like a big talent, but because I sold like, I don't know, $15,000 in tickets and merchandise. I had like two full sections of the entire arena rocking my shirts. So like, of course I put asses in seats. That's why they want to have me back. Um, but again, that's the marketing side of thing. Like you have to, you have to put asses in seats. Well, this kid just won. Yeah. We'll have them back. So they wanted to have me back. And again, I'm always very realistic and I keep it real, even with myself, not because I'm the next AJ McKee, but because I put asses in seats and, um, and, and I had to make a decision. Like, do I follow? Because I mean, yes, they're only giving me the opportunity because I bring people, but like at the same time, like the door open, I stuck my foot in and like, now my foot's in the door. Like now it's up to me to go out there and perform and get that big contract. So just getting my foot in the door was good. Now I stuck my foot in, like, I'm in. Like, you're not shutting this door on me. But at the same time, it was like dog training was, like, taken off. And I was like, time to make a choice. And so I actually just quit on MMA. Like, I, I gave it up because I, I said, you know, I think I'm that good. I think I can make it to the UFC. I think I can make it to Bellator. Um like big show, big money, but one injury can take it away. And the injury could happen with anything outside of your, your control. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go with the sure thing or the more of a sure thing. And um, I had just recently gotten married. My wife's a beast. And she was like, Hey, we'll wait till after your Bellator fight so we can go on our honeymoon. So like, I was like, all right, cool. Let's go on the honeymoon. And when we come back, we'll decide. And uh, I decided to just ride it out with the, um, with the dog training, kind of giving up on MMA. And through Anthony and Macy, Cheeto, Alex, um, I'm like, wait a second. There's, there's, there's a lane here. And uh, there's no other dog trainer that can kick my ass. 
So if we have to go there, <laughs> so if we could, if we have to go there, we will. Uh, but this is definitely my lane, man. Uh, not just MMA fighters, but um, I think pro athletes. I love working with pro athletes because in order to make it to a high level, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to learn, and and you have to be coachable. Like somebody has to tell you your entire life, no, wrong, do it this way. No, wrong, do it this way. I find like most civilians would be like, well, but the thing is, my dog is, and when an athlete goes, cool, just tell yeah. me. Like, yeah. so I really do enjoy working with pro athletes because of that. And um, there's a few uh, other athletes, not just UFC MMA fighters that, that we've been talking to, like um, – Macy um, brought up that one of her friends who's a NASCAR driver um, was going to reach out and stuff. So there's some like MLB, NASCAR. Um, so opportunities, I mean, we're athletes, I think, in general, are more coachable. And that's why coaching for pause, like it's I started as a as a coach, everybody knew me as Coach Carlos from swimming to martial arts and stuff. So I was just always Coach Carlos. So instead of coaching for people, it's coaching for dogs. And then coaching for dogs didn't have a ring to it. So I was like, coaching for dogs. I was like, this kind of this kind of has a ring to it. So that's it. That's that is a that is a lane that I would love to uh, to kind of take over. I assume for you, like a name you must hear a lot is Caesar Milan. Like I would assume, like even when you explain something to people, people would be like, "Yeah, but Caesar Milan does it this way." Or I saw, and you kind of be like, "Okay, is is Carlos here? Or is Caesar here? Like, you know, do you want you want me to do this thing for you? You want to call Caesar and see if he'll do it?" Like I assume that's gotta be the uh, you know, I'm, I'm, whether you met him or not, he's a good guy or whatever. But that must be like the little mosquito you constantly hear, and it's like you know, stop telling me about Caesar. Like I'm here, and I'm so you know, I know what I'm doing. Right, man, and and. Like I said, I mean, MMA was what feels like 100 years ago and 100 pounds ago. Um, like, that competitiveness is still in. Like, I'm still like, hold on a second. Like, what do you mean, Caesar? Like, it's Carlos. Um, but I, 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 I always stay level-headed and I stay humble. But um, the best compliment that somebody can give you as a dog trainer is, Lucas, you know a dog trainer, right? Yes, I know this guy, Carlos Correa. I interviewed him. He's like the dog whisperer. There you go. Yeah. Right? He's the dog whisperer. He's the Caesar Milan. He's the, right? But nobody goes to Scott Coker and says he's the Dana White of Bellator, right? Exactly. Nobody yeah. does that. That's a slap on the face. But exactly. you take it with a grain of salt, man. And I take the compliment. I don't take it. But it is, it is that mosquito, like you said. And then, uh, listen, Caesar used to be an illegal immigrant as was I, so I feel his pain. Um, when we first came to the country, our visas expired and we had to make a choice, like stay here illegally or go back to Venezuela and like risk getting like killed. Um, so we just took our chances and we're like, well, it is what it is. And I mean, obviously now we're here legally, we pay uh, lawyers and stuff. From day one, we've always like done it the legal way, but the, the truth of the matter is, when Caesar tells his story, I can relate to it a lot. And I actually look up to him a lot because he came here um, from nothing, started walking dogs in LA, worked his way up to have his own like brand um, 
of the dog whisperer brand. It's not just dog training. I mean, he has leashes, collars, like it's a, it's an entire brand and um, TV show. So I'm actually going to be starting my own show on YouTube. And um, it's actually inspired by a lot of that stuff too. So like, though it is that little mosquito in the back of your head, I applaud and appreciate and look up to, to, to Caesar um, on a human level, forget dog training. Just um, a lot of times thing that bothers me is, well, there's no jobs out there. Well, there's no, well, well, uh, media, MMA media isn't paying the bills. It's like, sure. Like go get your money. Like go get it. Go like, that's my mentality. Like go grind, go get a job at Amazon and then book, a, book an appointment in your off time, oh yeah, but then, well, then you don't want it that bad. Uh, Gary V, who's a guy that I look up to a lot, um, posted something the other day and he said, when somebody tells you they didn't have time to do something, tell them to change that and say it wasn't a priority and how it changes the tune. So like now you didn't have time for it compared to it wasn't a priority and like, whoa, like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to make some real decisions now. And um, and for me, like, it, just get out and get it, man. Get out and get it. That, that YouTube show, that's so smart because that's that's clearly marketing-wise. That's the next step for you. Like, you're working with people that are legitimately famous. Everybody loves videos of dogs. Like, that. that is the way to go. Like, if you can make something like that where it's like, these are the people I'm working with. Everybody, like I said, everybody loves dogs. Like, I feel like from a marketing perspective, that's like, that's the thing you need to add like to the arsenal. Cause I see you on TikTok and stuff like that as much as I hate TikTok, but you're doing these things marketing wise that are going to help you. And like, yeah, the show that clearly is that next step to help get you to that next level. Yeah, man. And, uh, and I got a pretty cool idea if there's any uh, producers out there that, uh, that, that see this and, and, and want to link up, hit me up. But um, I have a super cool idea. I want to run a dog training program out of a prison i know the rescue dogs have been ran out of prisons but a lot of these guys go in they learn their lesson they come out and they're good human beings right a lot of them earn like working time a lot of them earn um perks for being good in the prison and well behaved what if these guys come out well, the biggest reason why they come out and they go back in is because they can't find a job. They can't get money. They can't. And, and they just fall back onto the thing that they know how to do best, which is get in trouble. Um, so I have a really cool show idea that I'm waiting to pitch on. And I've been DMing Gary V um, about this because I think he would be about it. He's just like, I, don't, I like his attitude. Um, so... I've been like not going to stop until I get a reply, even a no. So, um, but this show is, is, is about, and this isn't the show that I'm first, first starting right now. Right now I was going to be working with these celebrities, dogs and stuff like that. But I have this other show idea to start where these guys that are in the prison, a lot of them are dog lovers. A lot of them want to do good, but they just don't have an opportunity. Now, if we give them a, a this niche, this, this, outlet like a, a lot of people i don't know if you have seen it but there's a show pitbulls and parolees on nat geo um it's a rescue that takes on these parolees and and 
kind of gives them an opportunity, not just an opportunity. I want to give these people a career. Like if you're a good dog trainer, you're a good trainer. Like, I don't care what certification you have or you don't have, like, show me you could do it and I'll give you an opportunity. I don't care about backgrounds or anything. And obviously there'll be, um, a lot of screening and all this stuff. I mean, but that's, that's for the production team and, and, and logistics of the show. But that's my goal, man. I think my ultimate like dog whisperer show would be to run a training facility out of a prison. I don't know why. Ideally, a juvenile prison, um, because like these are kids. Your record's going to wipe clean, but your mentality is not going to get wiped clean. If you find this thing you're passionate about, and you're like, man, I got this shot. Like you turn 18, your 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 minor record doesn't really matter anymore. Like make a life for yourself. And, and if you don't want to train celebrity dogs, don't. But, like, you can make a good living being a dog trainer. So I think that's uh, talking about, like, the, like, the ultimate goal is to have my own show and, and within the show still be able to help out, man. I feel like this is a good place to wrap it up since we have, you know, the, the ultimate goal and everything after hearing about the journey. So you know how it ends. You mentioned it. That was your smart way of saying you did watch the podcast before. But I'm sure you have a ton of shout outs, a ton of stuff you want to plug. So if you'd like to do so, now would be the time. Man, so first things first, I got to say thanks to my wife, man. She holds it down. So I have a 15-month-old at home, Caleb. Um, love you, bud. And, um, and I have a pregnant wife at the same time. So she's due in June. And we have a 15-month-old running around. My house is under construction. My father's a contractor. So he's doing all sorts of remodeling to her house. She's a teacher full-time. So she works full-time. She goes to school. We have a kid and she's pregnant. My wife's a freaking beast. And um, when I first wanted to chase the MMA dream, she had my back, um, knowing damn well we make pennies. And then when I wanted to quit my job and open a dog training business, um, and I had a good job at the moment too. Um, she had my back and here we are. So if it wasn't for her support, uh, big shout out to my wife, Casey. Um, she's my backbone, man. I love that girl to death, my family and um, my team back home. I mean, a lot of times people think it's just Carlos, the dog trainer. Like I, we have a bunch of dogs that are being trained for like regular, um, like, pet obedience training. So like my team back home, um, we have a few trainers that work under me and um, we have kennel staff to take care of the dogs while they're boarding. We have front desk staff. We have like, so at one point I think we had like 17 people working um, under me. And it's like, I don't even want to say under me, like besides me, because their job is just as important without them. It kind of falls apart. So Big shout outs to everybody that has anything to do with coaching for paws from stocking the shelves to answering phone calls to, you know, allowing me to be out here and uh, shout outs to you, man. So giving me the opportunity and kind of get to talk on an MMA podcast, talk about my other passion. So like, it's, it's, it's super cool. Um, I feel like a lot of MMA guys are dog guys and um, the ultimate plug um coaching for paws so it's the number four p-a-w-s coaching for paws uh pretty much all throughout we were talking earlier my twitter got blocked um not sure why but i'm sure i'll get around to fixing that instagram facebook coaching for paws anybody pet training professional athletes 
um, average, normal human being. Um, we're not just celebrity dog trainer. Hit us up. We do virtual dog training as well. So um, we can help you out whichever way you need. And Lucas, with your puppy, uh, for having me on, man, hit me up. Um, I'll help you out, brother. For sure. I appreciate that. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Carlos, ultimately, thank you for coming on, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And like I end everything, peace out, everybody.